Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, everyone. How are we all doing this morning? Yes, you can be seated now. And I must apologise that I'm drinking a cup of tea, peppermint, if you need to know what flavour, and you're not. You get your coffee afterwards. Is that all right? Is that all right? As you may be able to hear, um, (laughs) I am still recovering from a week of uh, coughing and spluttering and doing all sorts of things. And um, and uh, if you notice something amazingly beautiful about Anna's voice, as it's even more beautiful today, babe. Um, but uh, you know uh, we are both pushing through. So uh, be praying for us. We've got uh, obviously the Chapel Life uh, Christmas this afternoon as well, of which we're going to be in full force for. There's 300 plus people registered for it. Can you believe it in the park there? It's just so amazing. Yeah, praise God. Amen. Let God be glorified. Amen. Let God be glorified. Um, you know, us humans, we get excited about events, but above everything, it can be a great event, but we want God to be glorified and Jesus' name to be lifted up. Amen. Amen. And I know that it is most definitely going to be. Now, uh, who was here last week? Yeah. All right, that's all right. If you weren't, you can catch up on our podcast or our YouTube channel. Um, but uh, today is the Lion and the Lamb part two. Can we start with the first slide, please? Um, uh, today is Lion and the Lamb part two. So this was last week. And then this week is our second slide. And our second slide is this. Isn't that awesome? Right? Because here we talked about the fact that imagery is very, very powerful. Um, everybody all at once, and I'll give you a moment to think about it, just call out the last movie you watched and you cried in. All right? Just have a think about it and just call it out. Die Hard. What? Oh, did anybody? No? No? Okay, so just call out the last movie that you cried in. Bambi. I heard Bambi there. Maybe it was just because I was tuned into my mother's voice because it's been beaten into me for such a long time. But just kidding. <laughs> um, it's, it's, you know, it's, imagery is powerful. We can be moved. Our emotions can be moved by images, can't they? So um, where did we go last week? Last week, our third slide, last week, we actually uh, went to and we went through um, the fact that imagery is powerful and we spoke about, well, why is Jesus portrayed and spoken about as a lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah? We're going to talk about that a little bit more today. Um, And then um, you better lie like a lion. Who wants to meet a lion walking down a path? Look, If I was with you, all I'd have to make sure is I run faster than you, right? 
Is that the truth of it, right? Um, but the truth is, is that sometimes a lion can be pretty scary, unless that lion is called Aslan. Have you ever seen Lion and the Witcher? I mean, everybody just wants to walk up to Aslan and give him a big hug and a kiss, right? But, um, but a lion can be scary. And, you know, we have to understand that the lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus is not only uh, meek and mild, a meek and mild shepherd. He is, the, he is a lion that's roaring over the nations at the moment, all right? And so, and if a lion is scary, well then, ah, little cuddly lamb, that's, that feels better, doesn't it? And, uh, but we have to understand that Jesus is described not only as the lamb, but the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. We're going to look at Isaiah 53 today as well, where it talks about that. But then we talk about the tension of change, is that, that when we come into that place of confession, and that's where we're going to pick up today, the, the place of confession, is who, who, who believes that they're a person of their word? We hope so. It's our intention, right? It's our absolute intention. Yes, Anna, I will be home for dinner time. Right, but so often I'm after that time. Right, and um, being a person of our word, when we say, "Jesus, I give you my life," guess what? Jesus takes a hold of our life, and yet we often have that moment of where Jesus, I place you on the throne and room of my heart, but then every now and then we like to get up on that throne room and try and share it with Him. Right. And, and, and it's, no, I want what I want. And I'm not saying that we just, you know, we give all control over to him, Jesus, should I get up now? No. Okay, that's fine. I can stay in bed. That's perfectly fine. You know what I mean? It's not like we just give over autonomous control, but we do live in submission to Jesus and his teaching and his leading and the voice of the Holy Spirit and the teaching of his word. Hello? And now the problem is, is that, uh, um, you know, uh, we need to live a life uh, learning and growing in that. Because what happens? You don't know what you don't know, right? And so the more that you know, the more that you're aware of, guess what happens? The more that you become like him. And that's where we're leading, on, <coughs> leading to. Um, we are his bride and coming to Jesus. And I've got a really special photo to show you at the end of that. But the truth is this, we are coming to Jesus, not just to church. So um, where are we going to go today? If you have a look at, and if you can get out your phones and you can jump on that QR code and you can actually follow along. Here, I'm going to do it with you as well. You can actually follow along. I'm just going to come down here because I've got a little screen monitor down here as well. And here, you can actually follow along these slides You can actually follow along these slides on your device if you'd like to. And uh, that can be a really great advantage when you're listening to the podcasts afterwards. So that link will stay there. We'll grab our fifth slide, thanks. That's where we're going to go today. So the tension in the confession, Jesus, I give you my life. Um, have a think about, when you think about stories in the Bible, even if you were to go with me into Matthew, into Matthew, um, chapter two, the book of Matthew, chapter two. It 
says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah, Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, a wise men, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. How many know that when the wise men came, they were genuine about wanting to see Jesus? Absolutely genuine. You know, they were the, I guess, the modern-day astrologers of the time. Now, I'm not advocating for astrology as I say that, but what I am saying is that they saw a sign and God had particularly gifted these wise men, or the Magi as what they were called, with the ability to read the signs, the signs of the times, the signs in the sky, that would point towards the coming saviour, Jesus Christ. Now, by about this time, Jesus was about two years old, around about. And here, you see, the wise men um, uh, uh, would have come with incredible amount of gifts. You know, we, we, we don't, you know, we, we read the, the story, the Sunday school type Christmas story that they came with frankincense. What, what did they come with? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, right? When I'm two, I want a Tonka truck. I don't want gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But you see, when they came to Jesus, there was this moment of this is the saviour of the entire world. They didn't recognise Jesus as just king of the Jews. That's not what the signs told them. That's not what God had revealed to them by the star. So you don't just rock up with, you know, a gold flake, a little bit of frankincense and a little bit of myrrh. The Magi would have come with caravans of wealth. Enormous amounts of gifts. And Jesus as a two-year-old, would he have recognised it? I don't know. I don't know whether Jesus was, whether Mary was struggling to bath him because he kept on walking on the water in the bath or not. I don't, like, you know, I don't know what Jesus was like when he was two, right? Isaiah 53 will describe him and we'll go there today. But you see, these men were essentially the wise men, <coughs> wealthy men, kings in their own right. They thought that they would do the right thing and they came to Herod in honouring the authority of the land, pagan and, and, and anti-God as it were. They thought they'd do the right thing. Where's, where's, where's essentially, where's Jesus, king of the Jews? And Herod knew nothing about it. Don't you love it that the enemy knew nothing about it? Do you think Satan was a bit surprised? What the? All these angels are singing and trumpeting to the shepherds out in the field and, and all of this. It was like, this is phenomenal. And yet here, Herod, what's Herod replies? When Herod heard this, Came, came to Jerusalem, verse 2, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. You need to understand that these men arriving would have had to have arrived with an armed escort to protect everything that they were bringing with them. They would have had to arrive with caravans and stores of equipment and gear because it would have taken weeks, if not months, to arrive there. 
right? And Herod was... And when he had gathered the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Here, the religious leaders of the time, the chief priests and the scribes, who would be the ones later on to crucify Jesus, knew about the fact that he was to be born, in verse 5 it said, so they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Those chief priests and scribes were those that were appointed to keep the historical records, but also to interpret and teach them. They were aware of the fact that Jesus was to be born out of Bethlehem. And yet the first thing that they heard of, heard of it was from a pagan by the name of Herod. How many know that an intellectual knowledge of Jesus will never lead to an encounter with him? We can know about Jesus. We can sing carols about him and it's be beautiful and we can enjoy Christmas time. But the friends, the invitation is to encounter Jesus each and every single day. Not just to know about him, but to know him and be known by him. You see, Jesus came to the earth not just, not only to die for our sins, but to show us that we can live with a continual invitation of encounter. And as we encounter him, we become like him. As we encounter him, we are transformed, the Bible says, into his image. Remember that side that I showed you where it was part, part an image of Jesus that was painted by Akian? And, you know, it, 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 that may be what Jesus looks like. You know, I, I'm not going to stand up here and say that. Yep, that's a, that's a photo of Jesus. No, I'm, I'm just saying there, there's an impression of what somebody had a vision of Jesus. And yet as a lion, as a lamb, we are transformed into his image, into his Likeness, to take on his attributes. Have you ever thought about that? We become the likeness of him. That's an amazing thought. It's an amazing thing to consider every single day. Jesus, I think it can be an amazing encounter prayer. Jesus today, let me be transformed into your image a little bit more. Friends, this is the tension of confession. Because when we said, Jesus, I give you my life, he said, yep, I'll have it. I'll have you. I choose you. I chose you before you were born. I chose you before you loved me. Not me, him. He chose you 
long before the Bible says, before we were, long before we, were, we, we knew God or knew even about God or had any impression about the Lord whatsoever, he loved you. It's, the Bible says Christ died for us even when we were still sinners. Isn't that good? Amen? Knowing about Jesus is a good start, but it isn't the goal. Transformation is the goal, but it must start in a place of surrender. Surrender. Turn to the person beside you and say, you've got to surrender. You see, revelation and encounter always leads to surrender. So often the chief scribes came to Jesus while he was teaching in the field, while he was walking the streets and and healing people and setting people free from demonic oppression, when he was bringing life and teaching people the things of the kingdom of heaven. The chief scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, those that were appointed and had the privilege of knowing the scripture and and hearing about it and learning it, those, they just had a head knowledge of the Saviour, but they didn't actually recognise and see Jesus for who he was. They even said, Jesus, isn't this Jesus of Nazareth? Has anything good came out of Nazareth? Where's Nazareth? They didn't look at his genealogy than to know that he was born in Bethlehem and that the prophet spoke about it. How are we doing? So, our goal is encounter. Amen? Let's go to that sixth slide. Our goal is encounter. So we have to understand that Jesus is my lion. He's he's my lion, and guess what? He calls us little lions. Amen? How's your roar going? Hey? You know, during worship, I think sometimes, sometimes, you know, if you feel led by the Spirit to roar, I give you permission to roar. If, If that's what the Lord is calling you to do during that time, that's why the music might be that little bit louder, so you can not feel alone in your roar. Hello? Yes, and Jesus needs to be our lamb. He is our lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. And so as we encounter Jesus as a lion, as we encounter Jesus as the lamb, we have to understand that in there is his sovereignty, that he is our sovereign king. The Bible describes him as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Yes, there are other kings. Yes, there are other lords, but he is the king of the kings. He is Lord of the lords. Hello? And so Jesus as lamb, Jesus as shepherd, however you encounter Jesus and however you encounter him on that daily basis, you have to come to him from that point of he is sovereign. Because if you encounter him as sovereign, then the tension of confession fades away. When you say, Jesus, I give you my life, his sovereignty enters in. He, 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 he takes off the rags of 
The rags of sin, the rags that so easily just hold us back and he places a robe of righteousness upon us and he proclaims us, he puts a ring on our finger. He even would put a crown upon our own head. It might be smaller than his crown, but it's a reflection of his crown because why? We are being changed from glory to glory to glory. But if we don't recognise the sovereignty of Jesus Christ, not just as a little baby born in a little major on a little stable on a little hill with lots of little fairy angels with little harps. It wasn't about that. The event of Jesus' birth and the events leading up to it were sovereign events. There was not one person that didn't know. Not one. You know, when we live in, in, uh, in Croydon and... And, uh, you know, uh, whenever there's fireworks going on at some event that I didn't know about, how many know that when the fireworks are going off, you know about that event? Right? You can hear it. You might be able to see a glow on the horizon or if you're lucky enough to stand out on your deck or you've got a high window or something, you can see it New Year's Eve. You know, I'm not going to invite everybody over to Tim and Rose's place, but they've got a nice balcony that looks over to uh, the city. All the fireworks are there. If you didn't know it was New Year's Eve, guess what? You will. (laughs) Friends, that is what Jesus' sovereignty is all about. Let's go to that seventh slide. As we recognise and understand his sovereignty, what happens is that we step into this place of where we become his bride. The bride for the bridegroom, Jesus as bridegroom. Friends, today, and as for as long as I can see it at the moment, we're gonna be talking about encountering Jesus. And look, everything that we do points to Jesus, or it should, right? Hello? And I'll say this, everything that we've talked about this year and for the last 10 years all points to Jesus. But friends, when we recognise that intersection of Jesus as the lion, Jesus as the lamb, and the sovereignty of him as King of kings and Lord of lords, we have this opportunity to step in to be his bride because he's also our bridegroom. Together. Together. And as we become the bride, how many know that you can't be half married? Been there, done that, tried it. Doesn't work. Hello? Hello? Yeah? I think there might be a few people out there still trying. You can't be half married. Red hot revelation. I do says, I do. do. Everything I do, I do it for you. Come on, who's a Brian Adams fan here? No, okay. Thanks for leaving me out. We can't just half give up our life in this marriage with Jesus. I've encountered with him. We can't just turn up. Hey, you're lucky I'm here. Friends, it can't be like that. You know, I mean, I I felt pretty lucky. I felt pretty lucky when when Anna turned up to my wedding. I remember standing down the front of that chapel. I'll never forget it. Standing there. (coughs) Look, I'll take the opportunity to say this as well. At the beginning of dating Anna, 
We have the privilege of having Anna's brother, Ock, from Noosa at the back. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Ock. <coughs> and um, and uh, when I walked in the house, Ock said these words, if you want to kiss my sister, you have to kiss me first. <laughs> said, pucker up, baby. No, no. <coughs> anyway, nothing to do with what we're talking about. Um, I remember standing down the front of, that ch- of the chapel and I remember just seeing the front of Anna's dress. I couldn't see the rest, just seeing the front of Anna's dress <coughs> in the doorway. Just the front. <gasps> Took my breath away. <gasps> She's here. She turned up. <gasps> she was late for the first time in her life. <gasps> She didn't just turn up as a bride. She turned up prepared. She turned up, poor girl, not knowing what she was getting herself into. But she prepared for that wedding a lot more than me. What are the guys? They just get their suits. They make sure they turn up there. They're hydrated. And hopefully they've done their hair. And hopefully they've showered that morning, right? Like, that's what guys do when they turn up to a wedding to get married. Is that about right, Anne? Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> but a bride, a bride organises the whole darn thing, right? I did help make the wedding cake, didn't I, Mum? Yeah? As Mum is my witness. Anyway. As a bride, we can't just turn up. We have to prepare. Because, friends, the bridegroom is coming. Jesus is coming again. And for generations, they're saying, this could be the generation. I'm not going to stand up here and say, this could be the generation. But it could be. Jesus said these words, when the Son of Man comes again, will I find faith in the earth? There's a lot of things happening around the world that's sort of pointing towards that direction. Whether it's this generation or another 20 generations, friends. The truth is this, we better be busy getting ready. We better be busy not just turning up, not just coming to church, but just coming you know, with a heart full of worship, with, a, with that place of, Lord, I, whatever I have, I give unto you. I love that old Ron Canoli song, you know, I ain't gonna let no rock outpraise me. You know, when Jesus came in on Palm Sunday and the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees because they're sad, you see? All pious religious nonsense buffoons, like bless them, but come on, right? They were doing their best, but come on, see Jesus for who he really is and, and, and lay aside all religious nonsense. And they said to him, Jesus, can't you hear what they're saying about you? This is, this is not okay. This is blasphemy. And he said, if they be quiet, then guess what? All of these rocks out here, they'll start to sing my praises. Well, in Australia, it's all poppy syndrome. We can't have anybody talk like that, Right? Right? But Jesus, was, <laughs> but Jesus was saying, hey, don't let them be quiet because if they're quiet, even the rocks will start singing my praises. Why? Because all of creation sings. All of creation sings. The Bible says that the earth groans for the realisation of the sons of men. Who are the sons of men? You and I. 
The earth is longing for us to understand who we really are, that we are the bride getting ready for the bridegroom, that every day is this invitation of encounter. And some days we mess up, some days we miss the mark, some days, but the Bible says that though a righteous man falls seven times, seven times he gets back up again. The power of confession. Today, Jesus, I give you my life. It's a powerful confession. It's a powerful confession, amen? So let's open some scripture. Let's go to the eighth slide, please. <coughs> let's go to Isaiah 53. Let me know when you got there. Probably hard to do that and follow the slides at the same time if you're looking on your device. Isaiah 53 says, Who has believed our report and to whom the arm of the Lord has been revealed? Verse 2. For he shall grow up. Who's it talking about? Jesus. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form of comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Jesus wasn't a David Beckham, right? Hello? He wasn't a Chris Hemsworth. There we go. Is that a bit better? <coughs> Don't be awkward. He, wa he wasn't like me, right? No, stop, stop, stop. If I can't appeal to your spirit, I'll appeal to your flesh. Anyway, in other words, he was plain looking. You know why I think, I, th I think the father did that? Is it because the father's not good looking? Was it because Mary wasn't much to look at? No, I think what it was is that so that people couldn't say that, oh, he has so much charisma. Oh, he's such a good looking guy. He should be on the cover of Vogue. Then we'll really reach people for Jesus. Hello? No, he had to be plain. Why? Because we, we formulate all of these things. Well, you know, Jesus just healed people because he had great looking hands. No. Jesus healed people because he went and did what he saw the Father go and do. He only said what he saw the Father did. He lived a life fully in submission to the Father as an example of what we are able to do when we live fully surrendered to the Father. Verse 3, he is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Friends, if you're here today and you're watching online or, or anything like that and you're listening to the podcast and you're experiencing grief and you're feeling alone, you are not alone. The Bible says clearly here that Jesus knew what it was to grieve. He knew what it was to walk with sorrows and feeling the weight of the world upon his life, feeling the weight of, of, of being what it is to be fully man and yet knowing that he left his heavenly throne and, became, and he came down to earth to not just experience, not just to do that, but he came to, to, to give, live as an example for us. Hello? And we hid as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Verse four, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. 
What's this talking about now? What we celebrate every single week, communion of Jesus dying upon the cross. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Everything that we've done wrong, everything that we've done wrong that has impacted our salvation. Do you understand that? Everything, everything. How do we live in response to that? Friends, that is the tension. That is the thing that only you, only you can come to terms with. That you go to Jesus and it's Jesus, I give you my life. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. You have access to peace because of his, the chastisement against him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Hallelujah. Amen. And we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone, everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, who? The iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. We read in the scripture of when Jesus was brought before the courts, the religious courts, and they said, why don't you say anything? He stayed silent. And yet, Isaiah wrote of this centuries beforehand. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he opened on his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked. But with the rich at his death. Because he had done no violence. Nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labour of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide (coughs) him a portion with the great. Excuse me. Friends, turn to John chapter 1, verse 29. Here is the story of where John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, sees Jesus come. And just moments before, <coughs> it says that um, it talks about John as a voice in the wilderness, as the voice of one crying in the wilderness, saying, Make straight the path, make straight the way of the Lord. And that Jesus would preach, I baptize you with water, but there is one who stands among you whom you do not know. He will baptize you with fire. Hello? Who's it talking about? And then it starts to talk about in verse 29. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away 
the sin of the world. Can you imagine being there in that moment? Just an ordinary day, hanging out with John, being with him as he saw, as he baptised people in the water. Can you imagine that? Just an ordinary day, sun shining, birds chirping, trickling water going through the river, and then suddenly Jesus appears on the bank and it catches John's eyes. John's spirit leaps within him, recognising who Jesus is, recognising that the moment is here and now. And he stops what he's doing and he says, Behold! In other words, everybody stop what you're doing, take a look. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who is preferred before me. He was sent, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptising with water. And John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptise with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I've seen and I've testified that this is the Son of God. I'm not actually sure that before that time, I could be wrong, but I'm not actually sure that before that time, any human had recognized Jesus as that. Maybe Anna the prophetess at Jesus' dedication and presentation to the temple. But in that moment, in that moment, in your own time, you can turn to Matthew chapter 1. But friends, I put this little image to say we can't romanticise the birth of Jesus. What we see there is, I know we all know what that represents. But I've got to tell you, it's not even close to the truth. Firstly, Jesus was probably born about March, April. We know that because the shepherds were out in the field and the priest shepherds would have been caring for the, um, uh, for the, um, um, the temple lambs at about that time about springtime. And a manger wasn't a little wooden box. The manger was probably a stone trough in a cave where the shepherds would lodge for the night. In a cave. I, 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 I honour <laughs> honor women for giving birth, full stop. But goodness me, to be giving birth in a dirty old cave. What do you think the shepherds experienced when the angels appeared? It says angels. Like I'd freak out over one, let alone angels. And what did they say? Behold, the Saviour is born. Was there loud trumpets? I reckon their voice was probably trumpeting loudly. 
you know? And the shepherds responded. What did they do? They ran straight away to find Jesus, where he was. Did they leave old mate to look after the sheep? Can you imagine being the old mate? No, I want to go. No, we're going. (laughs) Did they just leave the sheep in the field maybe because they were so enamoured by what had just happened? Friends, Jesus being born is not just a meek and mild thing. See, Jesus being born was a lion being born, was a lamb being born, was the saviour of the world being born. And we are invited every single time into an encounter with the lion, with the lamb, with the king of kings, with the Lord of lords. And so often we can feel that sense of, well, I'm not worthy to come to Jesus. Friends, that's the very reason why he died, because he made you worthy. He made you holy by his act on the cross and by your acceptance, by that tension of that confession saying, Jesus, I give you my life. Let's go to the ninth slide. And so the encounter works like this, that as we encounter him, we can encounter, encounter him as a, as a little baby or in a manger. But what I would ask that you encounter him is that lion and the lamb. And as we encounter him, we've got to allow the blood of that lamb to wash over ourselves, And so that we can come to him in worship. And we can come to him knowing that the word of God. You know, Hebrews says that boldly we enter into the presence of God. Boldly. Everybody say boldly. boldly. When we boldly come in, what happens there is that we know that we can because the word of God says that we can. We have faith and belief in what the word of God um, speaks about us, but most of all, what it speaks about what Jesus has done and what he continues to do for us. And so that when we come into this place of worship, and I'm not just talking about a Sunday morning, but what I'm talking about is that every single daily thing of where we wake up in the morning and it's, Jesus, I give you my life. Let today, let my life Today, Lord, be lived as one unto you. Today, Lord, I give you my life. Knowing that there is that act, uh, that, that sovereignty that he has that does away with the tension, that just says, Lord, I give it all to you. Yes, my dreams and desires I give to you. Yes, yes, even, the, even my dark past and, and, and my bright future. Lord, even my failings. Lord, I give it to you completely. Friends, that surrender always leads to revelation. That we just don't have that intellectual knowledge about Jesus but we have this place of where we enter in to be like him, to be transformed into his image, to invite the power of the Holy Spirit to be at work within our life. Amen? So then the 
10th slide. So then, as we worship, and as we understand the word, there's a beautiful intersection of fellowship with God. That as our self is, is crucified with Jesus on the cross, as we, as we allow ourselves to say, Lord, today, I give you that bit more. Today, Lord, I give you more of who I am. Then what happens is the word of God begins to live in us. And we start to walk in power of the fellowship with him. The Bible says that the word of God is not mere words, but it's what? It is power unto salvation. Hello? We know that the Holy Spirit walks and works with us. Go to that 11th slide. It's one thing to worship. It's another thing to know the word. But when we are in right fellowship with Jesus, knowing that his blood has washed us, powerful imagery, isn't it? We walk in that sovereignty. Let's go to the 13th slide. Thanks, TK. Who would have thought that little baby in that manger, in the cave, who would have thought that, you know, we sing the song, Mary, did you know? Did Mary know? Did she know it all? Probably not. I love it how the Bible describes Joseph, Jesus' stepfather. <laughs> they were a blended family. <laughs> Rejected by their relatives. Living in a strange land. Who would have thought that <laughs> as Jesus was being baptised and John said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the earth. But that Lamb is also that Lion. Who would have thought that Jesus as our bridegroom would go through all of that here on earth only just to go to heaven and ignore everything that's been done and leave the rest up to us? No. Friends, Jesus, the bridegroom of a present bride. You are Jesus' present bride. You're not the coming bride. You are betrothed now. The Bible talks about that Joseph was a just man, that he was betrothed to Mary. Do you understand betrothal? betrothal? It was as though you were married. You could not renege on that. That was the culture of the day. 
God chose Joseph because he was a just man. God knew Joseph's heart that he would remain faithful. He pondered what he would do knowing and hearing that, Jesus, that, that um, uh, Mary was pregnant because every man's first thought would be unfaithfulness. Hello? Shame. Like bad shame. Things would not be well with Mary if she had been proven to be unfaithful. And yet, God sent an angel to speak to Joseph. He was a just man. Betrothed. Do you know that you are betrothed to Jesus? How does that change the way you live your life each day? You know, you just don't get to take off the engagement ring and put it on when it just looks good, right? What happens is we come into this place and this space where Jesus is roaring over your life. He's saying, don't you know that I've died, that I rose again, that I work in power, that I work through the power of the word and the power of the Holy Spirit breathed into your life. Not so that the chosen frozen would come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ, but that all would be saved. Hello? All would be saved. Because the revelation of who Jesus is will always lead to encounter. He's the lion. He's the lamb. He's the bridegroom. He's our bridegroom. He's our example of of how we are to live here on the earth. What an amazing privilege that we are invited into in this sovereign moment. So who do you need Jesus to be for you today? Maybe, maybe you need Jesus to be your bridegroom today. Maybe today you need Jesus to be that lion. Jesus, I just, I just need a breakthrough in my life. Would you, would you roar? Would you, would you war on my behalf? Anybody facing some pressures and issues that you need breakthrough in and you need answers in and things that you need Jesus to roar over? Maybe you need to say lion of the tribe of Judah, lion of the tribe of praise. That's what Judah means. Lion of the tribe of Judah. Praise your way through it. Let him roar on your behalf. And that might be an act of faith that you might begin to roar. Hello? Our encounter with Jesus is not just a passive thing. Sometimes there's a wait on the Lord, that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. But waiting is not passive. Waiting is not just sitting down cross-legged in some crazy pose. Waiting is an active thing. It's an act of faith. Hello? Maybe you need Jesus to be that lamb. 
Maybe you need Jesus to, to be that person, that, you know, to, to, to be that thing and say, Jesus, I've got iniquity in my life. I need you to do away with it. I repent of it. Friends, I want to say for me, that's, that's an everyday prayer for me. Lord, the things that I know of, the things that I don't know of, Lord, forgive me. I want to be more like you. I want to be drawn closer to you. If you need Jesus to be that lamb, then today is the day that you say, Jesus, be my lamb. Be my lamb. That you are the lamb slain. I don't want to live like that anymore. I give you my life. He's not just a baby in a manger. He's the lion. He's the lamb. And he's king. And he's coming again. We're going to invite you. We're going to stand and pray. Jesus, right now we celebrate you. Jesus, you are holy. Jesus, we welcome you here. Jesus, in every circumstance and every situation, you are king. You are sovereign, Lord. Jesus, for those that are here today that need you to be a lion, we invite that you would roar over every situation and circumstance. Jesus, we thank you that you gave your life, that you set us free, that your blood washed us clean of all iniquity, everything that separates us from you, Heavenly Father. And so Jesus, for everybody here within the sound of my voice, whether online, whether listening to this at a later stage and here today, Father, right now, Jesus, we proclaim you King. You are King of our life. You are sovereign. You are Lord. Jesus, we place you on the throne room of our hearts. We give of ourselves to you completely. And Jesus, during this Christmas time, Lord, let your truth be embedded in our hearts, be embedded in our lives. That Jesus, you would lead us, that you would prepare us, but you would lead us into the year to come, into the days and weeks, into the months, Lord, 
But Lord, in this moment, Jesus, release Your truth in our lives. Release Your truth in our hearts. And we come to You as the Lion. We come to You as the Lamb. We come to You as King. And we say, Jesus, be glorified. Just say that, Jesus, be glorified in my life. I just get this sense right now that there is a, it's like a a sovereign moment. Just get this sense that Jesus is just walking among us. Places, things that, places for us to be and for us to go. But just in these next few moments, I just get this sense that Jesus, is touching each and every single person here today. Jesus, let us be found as hungry for you. Let us be found as people who are thirsty for you. Jesus, would you release a roar in our hearts? Jesus, we don't just worship you as a baby in a manger, but we worship you as King and Saviour of the world. You are King and Saviour of our world, of our heart. For Jesus, you have won our heart. You have won our mind. And you are worthy for us to give you it all anyway. want to pray that that prayer, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Have your way in and through me. Help me live a life proclaiming your truth and your goodness. Let your word be established in our hearts and lives. Let us worship You in spirit and in truth. Jesus, we give You our our lives now. Walk with us, talk with us.
thank you, Jesus, for this sovereign moment. Set us on fire through the truth of your Spirit. Lord, we love you and we proclaim you King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. And we all said, come on, give the Lord a praise right now. Come on. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.